Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Fitzpatrick. And joining me for this episode is Alistair Kirsch Poole. You notice I kind of changed the intro there a little bit, AKP. How you doing? I'm good. Promising a little less, I see, this week after someone was, was absent last week. You know, and I have to apologize because I totally set AKP up. I said he, I committed him to each and every single episode. And then, of course, the very next week, I was like, sorry, AKP, I'm kind of uh, out of pocket. I'm going to be in the mountains of West Virginia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but AKP, always the reliable teammate. He let me off the hook nicely. And, and here we are and back at it And AKP. First of all, what a week last week in terms of rugby news. What a week to take a vacation. I felt like they planned that all on purpose. But So we've got a lot to talk about here. Uh, you thought you would think the summer months would be a little bit slower, but I guess not. Um, first things first, though, AKP, we've got to talk about where you are right now because I know everyone who's listening along can just hear this, but typically Alistair and I, we record this also on video, and... Alistair right now is in Michigan after driving, what, 11 hours, basically straight? Yeah, pretty much. A few breaks in there, but yeah. Yep, in Michigan, visiting family. It's nice to be back home. Let's talk about where we were on Sunday. We got to hang out a little bit at uh, Audi Field. Audi, right? You drive an Audi. It's Audi Field. For the PR7's championship, a lot of fun, uh, great action, AKP, you've been there twice now, right? This is your second time? Yeah, I was there last year for, for PR7s. I've been rained on twice now. Something of a PR7s tradition in D.C. And you schedule a storm for the second half. I mean, look, as you kind of have to expect it, you know, early August to hit in this part of the country then. But I was there. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the crowd was, was pretty was pretty good. Uh, really encouraged by the number of people who were there, all the different fun costumes, the quality of competition. How do you feel it's such a great field for, for a rugby tournament? Got to meet up with, with some folks who I'd seen in a while, including my high school wrestling coach, whose daughter, Jetta Owens, played for a local seven. She scored a try right in front of us. So that was cool to see. But um, AKP, what were just kind of your thoughts on on you know the, the, the final there in D.C. and just maybe just the summer of PR7 so far and what to look forward to next year. Yeah, I really love it. I always enjoy going to the Sevens. It's a, If you haven't been to a, a Sevens tournament like that, it's a whole ton of fun because you know every 20, 30 minutes you're, you're on to a new match. Um, I really liked that it was knockout rugby this year. You know, every round mattered uh, and you could see it. Like, the players were really taking it seriously. A lot of hard hitting and it was it's just a ton of fun and especially i mean the storm there was the whole storm we had to go on hide out um avoid the lightning and then but when it came back even though the crowd had shrunk a little bit i think some people took that opportunity to take off it was still like the atmosphere was great and like when you when it gets dark out and you get the lights on it it's it's a pretty cool experience there yeah absolutely and it's funny they weren't that wasn't the only crowd who was uh, affected by the lightning and weather issues. There were also issues at FedEx Field for the Beyonce concert uh, as well. But I think it was, I think the issues there, there were too many people there. But something for PR7s to, to work on. But hey, speaking of the PR7s, what's the quick local tie? How did our boy 
our local OGDC connection do? I know it came up a little bit short, but um, thoughts there? Yeah, John. I thought John LePepper played really well. I mean, he had some really key tackles. He um, had some great runs. I think he scored a try, too. Quality stuff from him, and it's it's just a great experience. You just like to see these guys getting playing time, and especially in the off season, you know, keeping up with rugby and not, you know, you, you what you don't want to see as a player <laughs> get to the off season, play no rugby for for six months, and then come in cold for for preseason. So good to see him him getting a run out there and getting a good run. I mean, I think he played every minute. I don't think they subbed him out at all. So it was. It's good stuff from him. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the growth of PR7s, right? So the first year they had one tournament. Last year they had three. This year they've expanded to five. The last two years, the the final ride, I think, has been in Washington, D.C. be interesting to see what happens for next year, if they're going to add more events to the calendar. But, hey, I'd love for the championship to come back to, to Washington, D.C. I think D.C. had a pretty good show out in terms of um, fan base. I think the weather cooperated for the most part, outside of that, those last two hours there, kudos to you know Fox Sports One for for hanging on to the to the broadcast and coming back when the action was back on. But uh, yeah, the, the championship comes back to Washington D.C. and Audi Field. I mean, I think that was a, a great venue for it, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens next there. But uh, I enjoyed it. All right, hey, we got to move on. Let's talk first a little MLR action here. So <laughs> I just want to get a quick take from you on, on a couple of things, your, your thoughts swirling around. And I'll, I know this has been covered a little bit, but you know the league had the announcement that Rugby ETL will be relocating. We don't know where yet. I think there's speculation on a couple of cities. We don't know who the new owners will be yet. But I guess what, were your, what, were your, what was your reaction when, when news dropped? Couldn't have been really a surprise, right? I mean... Atlanta's one of those teams who've had conversation. I mean, I think it was only a few weeks ago that you were talking about like you know, are they are they going to go under? Are they going to are they going to stick around? And it's it's something I've been thinking about a lot because this you know, we're in, I feel like we're in an important phase in MLR's development where this is the sort of this is the bit where the the teams have to start making real sense as businesses and it's a it's a difficult step to take, and and I did sort of assume that like not all the teams are going to be able to do it, and not because they're necessarily bad markets or anything in particular about the teams, but you know every now and then you're just going to get a team that's badly run, or that is, you know they can't quite figure it out, or they they can't find a good stadium to play in, and things just aren't going to work out, you know, and that's that's why you have keep expanding, keep adding teams, is because some of them are not going to work out and. You know, you you don't expect an 100% success rate in anything, and much less starting, you know, teams in a niche sport. And so I sort of was thinking about what is this, what does this mean for Old Glory fans? And like, what should they be taking away from the fact that this team is just up and moving? Probably to LA, that's the, the strong rumor. Um, and I think, I think the thing to take away from this is that, um, like these MLR teams, they're they're really passion projects for their owners, and so rugby ATL they were doing really well. I mean, they made the finals in 2021. Uh, they had Scott Lawrence coaching them, current men's Eagles head coach, and then 
and then it all just sort of collapsed and it collapsed because their owner marcus calloway died and died quite suddenly and so they had to sort of throw together an ownership group right at the last minute to make sure that they could i mean it was only like a month or two before the the start of the mlr season or weeks or something it was it was very close to the start of an mlr season they thought so the league put in a lot of work to make sure that there was a, a team in 2022 and you know i think i think we've seen that that doesn't work you can't take you can't throw together an ad hoc ownership group and expect it to work out like these teams really rely on their owners being passionate their owners understanding their fan base their location and be willing to put in the work and put in the and have the the sort of empathy with the crowds around them to to make these things work and you know when you when you get that change of ownership i don't think it necessarily continues it can but only if you find the right owners to to replace them and they they clearly didn't in atlanta you're you're 100 right and i think the issue there was and, and kudos to you know, Eric Anderson and, and the crew in, in New England who effectively were propping up rugby ATL when the unfortunate passing um, of Callaway happened. And you could tell how it affected the franchise. But, I mean, you can't say Eric Anderson and the crew weren't passionate about rugby because look what's going on uh, in New England. But, I, I, you know, how active and involved they were down in Atlanta, I, I can't say. We don't know the details. But there seemed to be like a vacuum of interest and passion simply because, right, they're so tied up with New England. Again, this is just speculation on, on, on my part here, but there's good quality rugby in Atlanta. There's good quality rugby in Georgia, both men's and women's club programs, college rugby, life university right there, both the men's and women's, you know, screaming eagles or running eagles, whatever they're called, right? So it, it's there, you know, Bill Baker, my you know, who would do the Twitter spaces with talks all the time about some of the old boys teams that he played with down in Atlanta. So, you know, I got to wonder too, just the decision, and I don't want to pick this apart too much because it's been covered already, but the, the rebrand by the, the folks running the organization there obviously did not go very well, was not well received. Was that an effort to try and get interest into the club again? Because... I mean, you would think, hey, like you mentioned, the last two years prior to this past season, they were, what, 10, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, like Eastern Conference final, made the playoffs two years in a row, seemingly building a successful team on the field. Yeah, they had some stuff to work out off the field. But if you encouraged by the results that were going on in the field, why don't you just keep that going? There didn't seem to be a need for a rebrand. didn't seem like there needed to be a a need to breathe new life into the organization. It was probably just like, hey, how can we tap into grassroots a little bit more, get people out here, festival. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a shame what happened um, down there in Atlanta. I have a feeling we'll probably see a franchise come back. I'm optimistic a franchise will come back uh, in Atlanta. But I think you're right. you you got to have an ownership group that is there, that is dedicated, that has the long-term growth in mind and look for for the naysayers who are like look this is a bad look for for major league rugby come on get pump the brakes there for a little bit if you look at what happened in, in major league soccer and what it's become and I, I know it's an apples and oranges comparison because the grassroots participation you know seemingly everyone's first sport when they play when they're three or four years old is soccer right so it's not a fair comparison 
But when Major League Soccer first was formed, there were a number of clubs that folded, just didn't work. There were a number of clubs that were owned by, you know, ownerships, had, you know, ownership, different ownership teams. Let me rephrase this. Some of the owners had stakes in multiple teams to prop it up to keep it going, right? So, like, some of that stuff is going to happen, right? Should a team go back to Los Angeles? And I know I'm talking a lot here, yes, because I think there's there's so much fun about uh, a Los Angeles market and, you know, particularly what the Guiltinis did. And I don't want to talk so much about the previous ownership, but you're in L.A., you got to do the glitz and glam, and I thought they did that pretty well that – if it is Los Angeles, I'm encouraged by that. There's a lot of you know youth participation there. So I'm not too torn up and upset by the fact that there's a relocation. But, um, and I'll toss this back to you here, you know, the U.S. Rugby Players Association, the, the union that represents the men's and women's 15s and 7s Eagles, who are trying to unionize the MLR players, you know, they rightfully have inserted themselves in the conversation to say, hey, look, we've got some issues going on with this re- relocation given what happened, you know, the, the year prior when both Texas and L.A. folded. So I guess, AKP, I'm getting around to the question here to you. Uh, at some point, right, MLR and the USRPA need to come together and figure out these union efforts because it sounds like the – the union vote's going to happen here soon, so maybe MLR is being forced into a position where they're going to have to recognize this union. But all of the stuff swirling around, good, bad for the league, or just part of, hey, this is how you run sports here in the U.S.? That was a lot. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Yeah, yeah digest that. All, all it was good stuff, though. I think, I think it's pretty clear that... Um, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily good or bad. It's just like, this is what running a sports league is. You know, you can't, it's like, you know, if you, if you run a logistics business, you're going to, if if you're a delivery man, you're going to have to deal with flat tires. Like, is it bad for your business? Good for you. No, it's just something that happens. It's the way, you know, you're going to have to deal with traffic. You know, you're going to have to, these are, these are just fact, the weather it's just going to happen and you can't like it doesn't mean it's good or bad it's just that's what that's i mean that's why people pay because that's that's the work that's the job and i think with this there are you know you look you read that US RPA letter and that they sent talking about the relocation of Atlanta and you realize that the players have basically the exact same information that we have on it they, they don't really know where they're going. They don't know what it means for players. They don't know. There's been no communication apparently about, you know, are these, what happens to the players? Are, are they contracted with the team still? Are they, what about their bonus, their extra um, negotiated benefits? You know, things like housing, things like transportation. Are they going to be required to move city or are they going to be able to move to another city that's maybe closer or maybe better for their work or something like that are they going to um you know what even is the situation basically what what does this mean for players no one knows no one has communicated now i think the um 
the the news of this leaked before the the league was ready to announce and i think that's what happened so i think they ended up announcing because there was a rumor out already that it was happening and they needed to to get ahead of it but i I think they probably weren't quite ready to announce and that that maybe explains this but at the same time i'm I'm sort of not that willing to give the league a pass because we've seen a complete lack of communication from them before where they just haven't they've figured things out in their smoke-filled rooms and and the rest of us including the players have haven't known what's going on until it's already happening and that it's just one of those that 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 needs to get better that needs to be fixed it doesn't matter i mean you can argue union no union it doesn't matter you need to talk to the people who are involved with the business and you can't just be jerking people around and like i think about this whole relocation thing and like why didn't the rebrand work at atlanta why did they have such troubles and it's because i think there's fundamentally a respect factor here you know you've got to take seriously the 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 players are stakeholders and the fans are stakeholders like we're all working on this together and you got to respect those those other stakeholding groups like yeah i don't own any part of the league but i show up i put a i you know pay for tickets i put my money in i i come and support i do a podcast you know the players they play i mean yes they get paid too it's their job but also like they put a lot on the line for this they put their bodies on the line none of them are making enough money to really justify playing in the league they do it because they love it and they also have a, a stake in this and you've got to i think the league as a whole and the owners as a whole need to take seriously and treat with respect the other stakeholding groups and i think if they don't then the league risks going the way of Atlanta. You know, fans will be turned off if you, if it's clear that the owners are doing, you know, sketchy things and not communicating with players about their their future livelihood, that what's going to happen to their job. That's that's the sort of thing that you, it, if that continues, if that sort of thing becomes a trend, becomes what we expect from the league then it becomes way harder to support them and to feel good about the progress of major league rugby you know in in I'm, great thoughts and it could be there's there's so much more to talk about on this right like for example the simple fact that right before this announcement was made uh, rugby atl made a trade with the toronto arrows the arrows had to know something was going on they got two great players out of it in exchange for an international slot and some salary cap considerations. So this new team, the new rugby ATL, wherever they're going to go, are going to have this. But then also, I mean, hey, I hate to break the news here, but I'm looking at the calendar and not this upcoming Thursday, but next Thursday. Hey, there's the MLR Collegiate Draft. And oh, guess what? Uh, let's see here. Rugby ATL has the fifth pick in the first round, and then they've got another pick in the second round and they've got uh, three picks in the final round here so uh is there going to be announcement of where this team is going before the draft happens and if not what's going to happen to those draft picks who, who you know what i mean like there's so many questions swirling around that i i, I you gotta think that sometime before the draft I, can we anticipate that the there's going to be some announcement about where the team is going, who the ownership group is, and then be able to spin a staff together to figure out who they 
should draft? Are all the personnel from Rugby ATL going to this new, you know, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that really need to figure it out, don't they? They Time's running out. It's The longer this, this uncertainty goes on, the worse it is for everyone. And I, I don't see how it isn't task number one that you know frantic discussions ought to be happening there ought to be and the thing is you just need to to clarify at least the basics like where is this team going to be and what's what's up with the player situation you you know answer those questions and most of those questions in the usrpa letter and you've you've really you've got things sorted out you can there's enough even if you don't have the details figured out, just some assurances like, you know, there's going to be a team. There's this is the, the players are still going to be contracted, you know, st- stuff like that. Just even if you haven't worked out all the details, it's ugh, it can't go on for that much longer. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I don't want to call call it drama, but I think it's. Um... <laughs> We, I don't want to say this is manufactured here, but we talked about how MLR needs to find ways to stay in the conversation in the offseason. This is certainly one way to do it. It's probably not the best way to do it, but, you know, hey, they're, you know, content, I guess, is king. So no news are, are, is bad news. Yeah, exactly. But, hey, you know what? Let's change gears here because there are some, some bright signs Ahead, I want to talk. I'm going to switch over to USA Rugby real quick. I'm going to first cover the the, the women's Eagles. Uh, they are looking for a new head coach because their interim head coach, Rich Ashfield, who is part of the Stanford women's program, there has accepted the role of, I guess, the director of rugby there. So I guess it's a it's a role that's better suited for him in his situation. He's going to hang on with. The women's eagles until the wxv2 competition which starts in south africa in october to help smooth the transition you know which is coming up it's only a couple months away so you know we'll probably have a announcement of a new women's head coach there um in a little bit but switching over to the men's eagles i mean hey let's talk about that uh let's call it a big win i mean it was a big win they beat romania and yeah yeah, they're ranked ahead of Romania, but Romania, hey, they're in the Rugby World Cup, which is kicking off next month. The first game under, you know, the direction of head coach Scott Lawrence, the introduction of zero-G rugby, if anyone heard that little line, which I thought was pretty fun. But AKP, what were your thoughts on the men's Eagles win over Romania? Yeah, it was a it was a great game. It's it's exactly the sort of game that I feel like in past years we would have lost and this year we won it. And that's, that's all you can ask really. And there were, I mean, there were flaws. There were things you can, you can nitpick for sure. Uh, The last 20 minutes wasn't great, but I mean, at one point they were up what 31 to zero, 31 to seven, something like that. And against a, a team that's going to the world cup, they looked dominant. They, I think the whole thing for me though, is they just, they just looked like a team that was playing rugby that suited them. The you know the the style of play, the tactics, it all just suited what the U.S. is good at, what the players are good at, and that after so long of of bad box kicks and bad kick chases and you know a really conservative style of rugby that didn't we didn't have the 
the skills to to really achieve it it just it's nice to see them playing the right sort of rugby i agree it was look yeah they were up 31-0 at some point right but it was it was fun to watch right like you said the style of rugby was fun to watch the ball was spinning around and they were getting it out there some some good some good you know defense forward play like everything looked fun and i guess you know that 0g rugby is a reference to scott lawrence on a twitter space he mentioned using NASA as an inspiration, and I guess zero-G means zero gravity, so just kind of free-flowing, relaxing, groove state. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but um, I mean, it was it was fun. I kept looking up at the, at the clock thinking, I don't want this game to end. And yeah, you said, you know, there's flaws. There's always going to pick apart. And, you know, the last 20 minutes probably didn't really go the way the Eagles, men's Eagles, would have liked. But it was fun to watch. There were some fresh faces in there. Nine players earned their first cap, which was really cool. Greg Peterson, who, you know, stalwart over the years, named captain for the squad. So, again, it's only one game, and it's a long way to go, you know. But it's a good first start for the cycle for qualifying for the 2027 Rugby World Cup, which is coming up. That you know, it's exciting. You know, it's it's a reason to get excited again about yep. the direction. So, and hey, we've got you know, I don't want to sound you know too crazy about this, but hey, we as you mentioned, I feel like we're developing a style of play that suits the men's Eagles, like a true U.S. rugby. We're not trying to take something from South Africa or, you know, England or Australia or New Zealand and try and, you know, square peg round hole type situation here in the U.S. Let's get back to playing American style. Let's put our imprint on how this is how we're going to play the game. Win, lose, or draw, this is how we're going to play. Again, it's only one game. Let's not get it too ahead of ourselves. But AKP, I think you got some further thoughts. You're holding the mic real stiffly like you got something to say, so. <laughs> yeah, because I don't have my mic stand here. <laughs> just freehanding all of this yeah i think it's great i mean it's one of those where you yeah we should beat romania but in the past we haven't and it's or in the past that's the sort of game we were losing i'm really looking forward to when we play portugal i think we've got a chance to really win that game aggressively like i think we could blow them out which i thought we had the potential for before but we just didn't we couldn't achieve we we're playing the wrong sort of game and playing in the wrong sort of style. And, but now I think I don't, I definitely don't think it's going to be a tie. Like it was during the qualifying. I think, I think we could win by 20 points, 30 points. And it's, you know, obviously there are going to be some changes. We're early in the, the coaching cycle. If we lose, I also don't think that's a huge problem. I mean, if we're losing because we're trying new things, we're, changing things up we're getting new players in there we're you know working out the the kinks in this new style i think that's and like you say it's fun i would i would watch that team even if they'd lost that romania game because they were i think there's a level of proactiveness of aggression of like they're really going out there and trying to win whereas before it felt like we were the better team just trying not to lose and that's never fun to watch and I would rather watch a fun USA than a than a boring USA, even if the boring USA was better. But I don't think it was, so I think we win 
went both ways. Yeah, I, I love it. I love also trying the new combinations, and I think we'll probably see some more new combinations in the Portugal game. I mean, look, simple fact that um, Sam Gala, right, who played lock for the Dallas Jackals all season long, gets inserted into the starting lineup, and he was, what, playing flanker for the men's Eagles? Like, how cool is that? So you love to see that. Um, it will be interesting to see the lineup that Portugal puts out for this game, right? Because, yeah, they're obviously prepping for the Rugby World Cup. And, yes, they want to have a good showing. But, two, they also want to make sure bodies are healthy. They've got, I think, another game after this, right? So, like, for them, like, a win, that's great. They're probably looking for certain things. I feel like a win for the U.S. I feel like this game is would mean much more for the U.S. to win simply because, as you mentioned, the, 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 the bad history of just the, the three times failing to qualify for the Rugby World Cup. Um, and note, right, it, we talked about it on Sunday. It's funny that um, when the Rugby World Cup comes here in 2031, that the tournament most likely is going to expand to adding four more teams. No coincidence. That's easy. And we could talk about that in a little bit. Dollar signs for World Rugby. Totally understand that, but um, I do feel like this game has much more meaning to the men's Eagles than Portugal simply because of the bad luck or the bad whatever, the misfortune that happened for the Eagles over the last three chances to try and qualify for the 2023 Rugby World Cup. I don't know. Thoughts there on that? Yeah, I think it will will mean more. I think it... And you and while there are a lot of new guys, there are also a lot of people, a lot of the players who played in that that qualifying tournament who are going to want to to prove to themselves that they they can do this. And I mean, we didn't lose Portugal, but we lost we lost the tournament. Yeah, and we we assume it sticks in the head as a loss, but the actual the actual loss was that we didn't blow out Kenya by enough. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I also wanted to to call out Jack Escaro. Jack Escaro played really really well. I mean, I think he's pretty much got that loose head job locked in. I mean, there are a bunch of other young loose head props in MLR, and a lot of them getting a lot of time. And you know, you could see them. Chance Wingluski, um, Jake Turnbull was the one who came on as a a substitute this time. Um, I'm trying to remember. Alex Mon, I think, at Rugby ATL. Well, the team formerly known as Rugby ATL. So you've got you've got guys who could challenge, but none of them are as as good, just like pure scrummagers as as Jack is. He, and I think he really impressed this time, and I think it's it's his job to lose. Especially, it sounds like um, David Ainui is moving to tight head prop this season. So that and. You know, that's, that was really Jack's main competition. So th- at this point, I think it's his job to lose, and that's that's really cool for an old an old glory guy who, I mean, he came up through old glory. Like old glory is, was the making of him, um, and he worked his way up. He was on the roster but not playing, and then he was on the roster but a backup, and then he was worked his way into the starting job, and now he's worked his way onto the Eagles and. He was just going up and up and up, and it's it's awesome to see. Yep, he's still relatively young too. I mean, what yeah, he's, he's only, only like, twenty-five. Yeah, it's crazy. So many more years of of to come from from Jack, and excited what he'll do for Old Glory DC. He could be excited playing what, in twenty thirty-one. 
realistically. Yeah. Could still be be around. And I mean, he'd be the, he'd be the old veteran of the group at that point, but. Well, if there's one position where you need, you know, and and we got to talk about it some more, but the research that you brought up, if there's one position where on the rugby pitch, where being a little bit longer in tooth helps the team, it's got to be, it's in that front row, right? It's, it's those props and just the, the years and accumulating all the experience of scrummaging against going against different people and playing in different styles and all that stuff that, you know, mid, early 30s, mid 30s, you know, is, is, and if you're still fit and, and, and healthy and can contribute, you've got a role on the team. So, um, so far away, but yet so close. <laughs> yeah. AKP. Um, you know, for having a loose little rundown, I mean, we've, we've, we've gone on here for, for quite a bit. I'm trying to find a good way for us to, to close out this episode. So I guess I'm going to have to put you on the spot here. But AKP, please <laughs> give us your closing thoughts for this episode. So first of all, don't worry about old glory. We've got good, passionate owners who care about their, their fan base. And I think we're, we're not going anywhere this news from Atlanta notwithstanding. I want the league to do better in communicating, and I'm really excited about the future of the the men's Eagles and the future of the women's Eagles. They also have a lot of potential that's that could be unlocked there. So I think I think things are going well. Very optimistic. Bad news, but I think bad news that doesn't get me down. So yeah. Awesome. AKP. I love it. You always crush that segment so for my co-host alistair kirschpool who has been here for every single episode even the episode we didn't record i am john fitzpatrick you've been listening to glorious rugby podcasts we should be back next week we'll catch you next week